The following podcast is a part of RadioMisfits.com. From the birthplace of modern winemaking, Sonoma, California, welcome to the winemakers. Local experts Sam Katuri, Bart Hansen, and Brian Casey, along with host John Myers, invite you to listen in as they discuss all facets of winemaking. So sit back, pour yourself a glass, and let's hear what the guys have to say this week. Hey everybody, I'm John Myers and you are listening to The Winemakers and we have... Ah, Jamie Powers. <laughs> that's okay. That's what. See, that's that was that's perfect. what. Perf- there we go. That's what it was. Perfect. Scared the dog. <laughs> it scared that the dog ran off at the pub. Ah, that's hey, okay. hey, Brian Casey. Did you hear that? That was, <laughs> that was, that was, that was a good one, Brian. So, you've been replaced. No, <laughs> Jamie Powers. You own Psy in town, um, and. Hi. You have really done an incredible job on your place. And I do need before, I need to mention Bart Hansen, who's pouring a glass of champagne right there, a bubbly. Mm-hmm. And this is Gloria Ferrer, right? It just, is. Just, uh, Blanc so Noir. It, Our it, it is about as Sonoma as you can get. And then we have Sam Katuri today. Also oh, about Sam? as Sonoma as you can get. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I guess so. So anyway, and I'll swap you. Oh, Thanks, thank you. So how did you get the idea to do a champagne tasting room in this town filled with wine? <laughs> Imagine that, right? Uh, so I, gosh, I feel like I've told this story, but not everybody's well, you heard. probably have. But uh, we got I, people all yeah, over the country, we, right? Yeah, not the ten thousand plus listeners that we have here. Well, right, and Bart's mom nine thousand times and a thousand other people. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to tell my friends in Holland about it. And for Good. sure, you know, people who come to they Sonoma, we send. After they come to the tasting room, if they're like, well, I don't want to taste any more wine, but my dinner's at seven, I was like, well, there's really only one place to go. Oh, so. thanks, Sam. So, yeah, how did I get into it? Um, I've been in hospitality <sighs> my whole life. Uh, I can blame it on my dad, who's sitting with us here, uh, kind of watching the show. Um, his kind of midlife crisis was straying from his 35 years of being the local orthodontist to opening the first franchise of Mary's Pizza Shack. Oh, cool. So we owned really? Mary's in Napa. Huh. So when I was growing up, you could usually find me eating mud pie in the freezer, folding a pizza box in the back. There you go. Uh, so when I was 14, I got into hospitality. So restaurants and eventually, you know, bars and restaurants and wineries. And the last winery I worked at was the very famous in Calistoga, Schramsburg. Uh, and I adored it. I gave tours there and was in sales. And meanwhile, I was still working at the Swiss Hotel. And during that time, the tasting rooms on the plaza started kind of exploding. So as most yeah, they locals really did, know, you know, 10 years ago, we had about three. There's over 30 now. Um, so it's really popular. And I was noticing, you know, our tourists from far away and our local tourists, just Bay Area, and even some locals would just park the car. And then just stick to the square and they would shop and, and uh, taste wine and, and spend money and just not have to drive, which is... That's the key, isn't it? Spend it, money. It supports <laughs> our economy. <laughs> um, so I was looking around and I thought, all right, this is great for these little boutique wineries because, you know, they don't have some grandiose vineyard to, to go visit. Uh, 
but hold on, it's all red and white wine. And I, I've always loved bubbles. Uh, I love champagne and sparkling wine. And I think it's really, really fascinating, the process in which it's made. Um, and so I took some business courses and made a big leap uh, almost six years ago. And here we are. So you were in the old place for six years? I was there for about four and a half, yeah. Okay. But the whole process started about six years. Your new place is one of the prettiest, it's nicest, loungest places. It's the sleekest place in the plaza. It is. <laughs> it is. It's just I, I mean, so I, cool. I, I, truth be told, I have not actually been inside yet, but I drive by at night and look in and it Boy, is it's, I it's got I mean, this it whole like beautiful it's, sexy. it's got I this whole like sexy? Rat Pack Vegas kind of vibe I don't know if that's <laughs> what you're going for maybe it's the uh, what's his name the guy who works in there with the jazz music Joe Joe, Joe. it Should could be just Joe, Joe hang, yeah. wherever Joe is you have that vibe anyway <laughs> He's there but right uh, it is definitely um the the elegance of the place, the you know, especially the the new one, um, a it fits bubbles, but also it's a totally different vibe than just about anywhere on the plaza that I can think of. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, everything else has got a little bit of you know the rustic Sonoma thing, which is great, but um, you've it's, got it's sex really appeal. refreshing. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. I hate to say that, to and, and and it's a great... dad. Don't 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 be offended about that. <laughs> <laughs> It's the building. Thank you. So, and it's and it's it's a nice um, addition to the community, without a doubt. Thank you. you. Know, um, Did you design really it? Really nice. I actually worked with um, a local, a team of of local designers. Um, two people: Mark Wilson, who lives here in Sonoma, and uh, his partner Yoko Ishihara, who's actually lives in Oakland. Um, they, Mark's wife, was a client of my sister's, and I had never used a designer before. I, I did the first one on my own, and. And I thought, well, you know, I'd really like to step it up and zhuzh it up a little bit for this next one. So I worked with that. Zhuzh it up. Technical term. <laughs> technical term. Here. Is that it? Uh, Wine tasting design world. <laughs> so, yeah, their, their firm's called uh, Wilson Ishihara, and they've done high-end lobby bars and whatnot all over the world. So, um, yeah, it was really fun because Mark, being local, he really was jazz and excited to do a local project. So, oh, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. Put his name on it. Yeah, yeah. But it's got your name on it, and it's got Cy on it, and yeah. that's that's the difference. Um, you know, I really hadn't been in until the uh, well. Oh wait, I'd, I'd I'd stopped in a couple of times. Well, it's where you buy champagne in Sonoma. That's it. I mean, really, I don't know about you, Bart, but if I need. To buy a bottle of bubbles, whether it's a gift or an you event, always to, you always need to. <laughs> yeah. There's always I, you can always find an excuse. Uh, but really, I mean, we have some nice grocery stores in Sonoma. There's a couple of wine shops, but nobody has you know the sort of the depth of uh, you know bubbles from really all around the world. And you know, it's not just champagne. It's not just American. Um, yeah, I mean, I have to admit, yeah. you know, I, I think I still have champagne or sparkling wine from when we got married from Gloria Ferrar. But we're still drinking. <laughs> and it's cool. you know what? And it's if you if you cellared it properly, it's that's the beauty about the acid and the wine. It'll it'll hang on for a long time. But um but yeah there isn't a lot of uh places to find anything but Gloria Ferrar, quite frankly. Yeah. Which is fine. I mean it's great. Right. We're stoked. We're so lucky to have a absolute local producer as you know as good as Gloria. But And when you're ready to branch out, you need a bottle of... uh, It is amazing to me how um, sparkling wine, and Jamie, I'd love for you to talk about this a little bit, it's it's back. Oh, yeah. It's kind of like and, how rosé came back. Right. It's, it's I mean, not going anywhere. And, and the well, thing about it was, it's not, not it, going I mean, the thing about it is, is 
they tried to force it back and went the millennium turned. Mm -hmm. Um, and at that point I was working at Kenwood. No, it was after Kenwood, but they tried to force it down our throat. You know, Mm. um, I know Corbell at least did. Um, but it, it kind of ended right after, um, millennium and, but now, I mean, it's back and it seems to be back stronger than ever. People send me a lot of articles and it is really interesting in the business world end of it. Cause we are in our own kind of little wine bubble here that isn't the same as the whole country. And the bubbles bubble. The, the bubble bubble. <laughs> I've ever left the, across the county line. No. <laughs> Once. <laughs> Once. <laughs> and, Real too bad. And they set them back. And it was in the back of a sheriff's car now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it is interesting to, to see, and I hate to say this, but you know, much older generations really only reserved champagne or sparkling wine for New Year's Eve or a special toast at a wedding. and Except for my Aunt Louise. <laughs> well, <laughs> God bless Louise. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so now I think, um, especially with, you know, the lower price points like Prosecco's and Cava's, that, you know, okay, if you're going to go spend 60 bucks on a bottle of Cab, why not spend 30 on a bottle of Cava? Or for, you yeah. know, so there's no, no reason to save it, per se. That's another thing that I think with any wine, and as we all know this, because I know everybody in this room <laughs> took their most special wine in the fires, <laughs> Don't save it. <laughs> no, right, don't. Right. And, and believe Enjoy me, uh, Jamie actually hasn't been listening to other podcasts <laughs> where we talked about that exact thing. So, yes, we did. I'll take our yeah. best bottle. Oh, as did I in Bodega. <laughs> oh, I certainly did. Petaluma um, has never had better wine opened. I'm sorry, partner. Yeah, yeah, everybody took their good wine. But, right. uh, but you, saving it is... You, you know, not only... I, I've, I just got an email that says why you should buy an entire case of sparkling wine for the holidays. Now, that's a good... That's a good idea. You should buy a case. Buy all your wine by the case. <laughs> yes. Buy everything by the case. Everything. That's the we idea. actually used to say at Schomsburg, and, and this was not a sales tactic. Well, maybe a little. But you could buy a case of Blanc de Noir and open one a year. Yes. And one a month. Or one a month. <laughs> but in 12 years, that, that last bottle is going to be so different than the first bottle because right. it does still change. Right. Um, not as much as when you're aging on the leaves, of course, but it. It is fun to see. You know, wine's alive. It's always going to well, change. I know a lot about red wine because I drink a lot of red wine. Um, I'm not as big a fan of white wine as my wife is, but there are some beautiful white wines, especially the Chenin Blanc and things like that. Bart, you that, make Chenin Blanc? That Bart is making. And, of I course, no your Viognier and, and a bunch of others that I'm getting to like. But you sell everything don't you we do we do so i i mean what i say to people who come in i say we're we're first and foremost a bubble bar we focus on bubbles so champagne and sparkling wines from really all over the world my my whole goal is to try to get you know the strangest corner of the planet that's making a sparkling wine because you can make it out of cherries if you wanted but uh, technically i mean the three traditional fruit grapes are pinot noir chardonnay uh, and then Pinot Meunier, which is pretty much just in Champagne. We don't grow a lot of that here. Um, but I'm always, you know, out looking for, you know, the one I really would be jazzed to find is like a sparkling from Mexico. <laughs> Mexico. I haven't heard of any Mexico I, I haven't either, but uh, I, I'm sure it's swear. out there. It's the one that always get is you know. British sparkling right now is like right. where it's at. Super hot. Yeah. yeah. And it's because of, you know, the climate change. Because of climate change. Super yeah. hot. And yeah. well, no pun intended. Isn't right. that interesting though? I, I carry one. It's just really affecting us now. Oh, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Totally. So 
Actually, yeah, can you go ahead. just talk a little bit more about the Psy experience? You know, if yes. if somebody came in off the street, what to expect? Sure. What you know, what you're offering there? I mean, for sure, I use it mostly as a place to go buy a bottle. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't spend enough time hanging out on the plaza. At, at <laughs> Why you have so much free time? Yeah, in all my free time, I'm just <laughs> hanging out at Psy, drinking champagne. Well, and see, and it's in between on, yeah. lattes. Yeah. You know? yeah. And on the other something. side, to 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 your point, Sam, is that. I haven't been in because I just don't go in and sit down and have a glass of champagne. Right. I didn't think about going. And you and, don't need champagne to buy any. And buy. <laughs> well, no, but I don't even think about, I wouldn't have, before this, I wouldn't have thought to go there to buy a bottle. Yeah. So now I know. Yeah. Well, so to get back to your, the question, the experience, you know, people come in and, and I, we are 21 and over and I, I, don't like telling people with a stroller or children they have to go, but it's our it's our alcohol license. It's it's a bar, so we're a, we are a wine and beer bar that we focus on bubbles. But with the new location, I actually added seven wines on tap. So we do have four reds, two whites, a rosé, and five beers on tap. So if you're in a group and maybe that one person doesn't like sparkling or champagne. Because a lot of people it, say it, it gives all, me a If headache. your friends don't dance, then you've got it all covered. Yeah, so yeah, so you it. can have anything. And the majority of the people are coming, you know, to, to sit and enjoy a glass or a bottle. Um, but we also have an off-sale license. So if, you, if you'd if you like to take a bottle to go, awesome. we can do that. Um, you know, grab some Govinos and if it's a pretty day, sit in the park. <laughs> How did you get the name Psy? So, although we just popped that bottle and it was fun, um, the <laughs> yes. French uh, the French have a, a famous quote, and it's the sound of the the cork escaping the bottle should mimic the sigh of a contented woman. So, technically, they consider it rude <sighs> to pop a bottle. There you go. You're not supposed to pop the champagne. Technically, <laughs> but it's fine. Yes, but like, champagne. if psalms are graded, you know, if, if you pop it, it's considered rude. And also, it's like I want my guests to sit down, relax, and. Ah, so it's a relaxing experience. Perfect. If you do it right, and you could find, I mean, there's all kinds of ways of opening a bottle of champagne. The most fun is with the sword. But if you do it it right, and you can find a YouTube video on this for sure, where you you kind of, you go slow, and and it's more a spin than a pull. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you actually always, you, you always twist the bottle away from the cork. And because there's so much pressure, it's like when you, as soon as you uncage it, right? Never, ever, ever walk away. Once that cage is off, that's a loaded gun sitting there. Uh, and it can really ticking, hurt people. Ticking cork Yeah, line. and it will blow out. So as soon as you take that cage how off. How long? How long does it take? Depends on how, how warm it is. Okay. The temperature. And, All right. Yeah. All right. So as soon Atmospheric as pressure cage, and you know, yeah. your attitude. Oh, yeah. Right. Altitude. I got a bad attitude. Altitude, attitude. <laughs> so you, you put your thumb on that cork to control it. Where it's it. pointed. Yeah, and then you and then you always want to twist the bottle away from the cork, and then the pressure itself is actually just going to ease out the cork on its own, so you really don't have to do much work. And then when it gets to the top or the lip of the bottle, you just turn it ever so slightly, and then it sighs. So. And then it sighs. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. So you um, know, I uh, sorry, John. Go no, go ahead. Um, thinking about you doing sabering, I've seen you do it on social media. Um, yeah. uh, one, can you talk about that a little bit, and then? Another friend of ours, uh, Mike Cox, there was a video of him doing sabering with a wine glass, actually. You can. Yeah, with and, a sturdy you know glass, not about these beautiful that? Waterford crystals. Right. <laughs> uh, but do you know anything about that at all? Yes, I do. Um, so we we have sabers. We sell sabers. I'm still, I haven't had the time to, but I really want to make a bumper sticker that says, always saber sober. 
Saber sober. Because nine times out of ten, it's people have had, you know, they're into their third bottle and they're like, you know what's a great idea? Sabering. And that's not when it's great. Saber your first bottle. And yeah. I can't tell you how many people have come in and showed me their scars. And I'm like, yeah, I don't ever want to get there. So, no, yeah. not really. But uh, we, we, when we were down in the alley, uh, in Vine Alley, it was this tucked away private little alley. So we would make sure, you know, the tourists and the kids were out of the way. And we would saber if people bought a bottle, you know, no extra charge or anything. It was just fun. And I think my record in one day, it was full of, town was full of bachelorette parties. I did 17 in a day. And that was, oh, that was a lot. But um, the knife itself is. Saber elbow? Yeah. <laughs> well, you sell them. It's we on your website. Yeah, we sell them. Um, and it's, it's really quite easy. Um, when I teach people, you know, if they buy a, buy a saber, I'll teach them and you don't ever want to tell people it's easy, but it's really the science of the bottle. So there's a seam on the bottle and it's where the glasses fuse together. And then where it meets the lip of the bottle or the flange is the weakest point. So the blade itself is actually totally dull, looks sharp, but it's just for, for show. Uh, and then you just run it up that seam and the pressure and the weak point in the glass actually just snaps the glass. So it's not even the weight of the saber. That's hence the, the reason you can use it. The helps when it's a heavier saber. You have to right. do less work. Right. So you when you're like getting butter knives and stuff too, you right? You can. So getting back to your, so your back saber, to um, sorry, the stem of a glass, if you have a hefty wine glass, you know, maybe a glass you'd get in a bar bar, um, you just run it up. So we've, I bought my friend the saber for Christmas years ago and now it's Kevin's, Thing is to find the weirdest thing to saber with. Right. So I'm like, why did I buy a saber? He's like, I did it with a salt shaker. Um, I think the first time I taught my dad was, you did it with a crowbar, right, dad? Oh, or a golf God. club. Golf club. Excellent. Yeah. With a golf club. Yeah. So look that'd for that. A, that'd be a, cor- you know, that'd of be a course we, trick. We want to sell the sabers, but they, they're they really fun. It's a fun gift for like that wine nerd who has everything, you know, yeah, right. but technically, or if you have a knife at home and you want to just use your kitchen knife, right. don't make your wife mad and ruin her blade. Uh, do the back side. So the blunt side, right. and you just want something dull. It's good. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. No, you it, go, everybody. It, it is. It's so cool that it's it totally about, the pressure inside the bottle. You, you can't saber a regular bottle of wine. It has no, nothing to do with that. No. Um, it's all about that pressure. And, and what I, I've never actually done it. So this is totally really? like, I've never done it because no, I, I like my fingers and my eyes. and, um, <laughs> I'm, and I, I'm, That's my goal yeah. for 2018, uh, teaching Sam teaching to saber. <laughs> but it, the temperature of the bottle matters too, right? It is, like the colder important. it is, the better. Very important. Uh-huh. So, Two things for safety-wise, because it, it can be dangerous, and those scars people talk about are real. Um, do, do, do saber sober. But um, if the bottle is not cold, you want, you want the, it as cold as possible because you want it to be brittle. So that glass is going to snap. If it is warm, it will just explode. The whole thing will explode. And so another safety thing, wear shades. <laughs> you look cooler. It's just safe. Saber um, sunglasses. Yeah. Sober saber sunglasses. sunglasses. And also one word, <laughs> word of the wise, don't do odd shaped bottles. So you're looking at, we're looking at a bottle of beautiful bottle of Gloria. That's a standard 750 for a sparkling or champagne. Right. If you've ever seen a bottle of Jay or Dom Perignon, that's, it's got a skinny neck and then a it rounded does. base. Right. I've heard a lot of stories where the, I've done the Jay myself where it just blew at the bottom. So and then so like Bill Car, how you say that? Bill Car Simone, mm-hmm. you wouldn't want to do that. No, probably not. Well, just in case you lost it. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. It's a great <laughs> champagne. Yeah, like, how much is that a bottle? Right. Uh, you can say prices on. We're not on uh, public. What is what is a bottle of? Because you sell that, right? I don't. I actually have um, oh, a very did. similar one from a local distributor called Michel Forger, okay. and it is our top selling rosé. And it is, I, I joke, I jokingly say it's like. Um, 
a poor man's Billy <laughs> because it's That's not. Fair. It's it's the difference. We're just a is, middle class man's Billy. <laughs> yeah, middle class man's Billy. It's because it's a grower champagne, so it's a family run winery. They um they don't have the marketing budget, right. and and Billy Cartamon is an absolutely stunning champagne. I've been there. It's it's an amazing house, um, but there's there's lots of great champagne right. out there. So yeah, this guy, no one's going to walk in the door and know their name. Um, but it's, it's delicious. So. I think we should actually talk about that for a second because, um, for so long, and this is part of the whole like resurgence of champagne it is for so long, there's half a dozen houses that everybody knows the name and, you know, it's, hundred dollars a bottle or more, but maybe you can find it at Costco even if you you know you're diligent. Um, one of the interesting things that's happened and which makes champagne and bubbles in general so much more interesting is all this sort of the grower champagne movement. And those wines were always out there, but you just couldn't you couldn't get them as much. Right. Um, and it's great to know, I mean you know having again little old Sonoma we don't get out of the county and the bright lights <laughs> of the big city, but uh, to be able to get grower champagne a half a block from my office it's a dangerous world yeah, yeah. Jamie, like you need uh, another distraction yes yeah like. right <laughs> jamie uh pretend i know nothing about champagne okay i know a lot about reds and whites but nothing about champagne tell me how you make it okay and that's i really do think it's fascinating and i respect winemakers in all for red white champagne all of it i think it's a it's amazing what you guys do <laughs> it's it's Bert, I, I commend you. It's it's a uh, fascinating. It, it is. I will agree with you. It is fascinating. Yeah. Um, it's humbling to you know be a part of it because it's a lot bigger than me. Right. <laughs> well, well, I mean, because you know, you're going to reach it, a lot of people too, which is well, so cool. right. But I mean, the thing about it is, it's you know, it starts the, the grape growers. It's like I could never be a grape grower. I, I just, it's something that's, you have to be in tune with. So to and me, that's what's so, cool about I, our whole I, industry so I'm, so I'm like facets. that over what, you know, the, the vineyard crews do. Mm -hmm. I'm blown away by it. Yeah. Know? So anyway. And it's kind of, people have told me, well, when are you going to make a sigh bubbles? And I said, you know, I, it's not, that's not my specialty. I, God bless. They, they, it's a really hard job to do and I respect it and I leave it to the pros and then I get to showcase it. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's, that's what I, Yeah, you don't want to so. get in the wine business. No, no, <laughs> you guys are crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but okay, back to your, back to your question and I'll, I'll try to keep it short, but it is, it's like making wine twice basically. So, um, bricks, obviously we all know that champagne, sparkling wine season that they're, they're going to be picked first. You're gonna you're gonna harvest here between 16 to 19 bricks. So imagine for the novices, um, unripe fruit. It's sour. It's very low sugar content. I mean, it's even at 16 bricks, are you even gonna find like green berries and yeah, you're gonna barely up, through variation. Yeah, you're gonna have a hard time biting through some of them. Yeah. Right. So then, um, I'm just gonna do it for California because we grow Pinot and we grow Chardonnay. Correct. So they pick all those grapes, get them all in, and they're usually done when the other people start picking. Right. Um, so that was a safety factor, you know, lucky factor for the fires this year too. And uh, so they bring in all those grapes and they they keep them all separate by lots and they make them into still wine and tanks and barrels, making it just still. Gas is all being let off and they call these the base wines. So. For instance, where I work, Schramsberg has about 200 different base wines from, you know, Anderson Valley to all over Northern California. And then this is the art and the job of a winemaker to taste those base wines and see which places they're going to blend together to form their final product. Even though these wines, as you know, don't 
they're not good. Yeah, I was gonna they're, say I've never tasted champagne base wine, but it's, something made it sixteen. It's God. It's, have you burned? It's I, gotta I, be I've been gnarly. able to taste through some of that stuff before, and it's, it's not fun. It's not fun. It's no. just <laughs> it rips the enamel, yeah. rips the you know, enamel off, off your teeth. teeth and in Schramsberg, they used to invite a couple people up from the visitor center and, and taste with the winemakers, and you weren't allowed to have coffee or brush your teeth, and it's sour. It's not good. So anyway, so they take those, they they blend them all together, and then. Let it, you know, melt together and blend together and then add, put it into the bottle that, that we will eventually enjoy. Uh, so they put those base wines together. And this gonna, is what fascinates yeah, me. Yeah, this is the cool part. <laughs> yeah. And then they're going to add yeast and a little bit of sugar. And then they're going to cap it off with a beer cap. Okay. So then they're going to go let it do its thing. Like for Tromsberg, they put them in the caves. And in about two weeks, that second fermentation is going to happen. So here we're making wine again. So the yeast is eating the sugar, producing what? Alcohol, heat, carbon dioxide. Um, in, in tanks and barrels for still wine, that carbon dioxide just goes off into the air. That's why still wine is still. But we've capped it now. So that carbonation has nowhere to go but back into the wine naturally. Um, and then the sugar, tiny bit of sugar, um, is eaten by the yeast. And then after about those two weeks, it runs out of sugar to eat, so the yeast dies. It settles on the bottom of the bottle as a band of sediment we call lees. It's spent yeast. The lees is what's going to give the champagne all the flavors and the notes. And the longer that you age with that dead yeast in the bottle, the richer it's going to become and generally more expensive because we've got to wait. Um, so on average, let's say it's a non-vintage, you're going to sit, let it sit there and beauty rest uh, for about two years. If you took that bottle, you shook it up, it's going to look like unfiltered apple juice. It's cloudy. So at this point, we're ready to, you know, go forward with it. We want to do a process called riddling. Uh, riddling is how we're going to get that dead yeast out of the bottle. So regionally, the legend is that Madame Clicquot, above Clicquot, uh, carved holes in her dining room table to f to learn to do this process, riddling. Uh, and you can still see riddling racks There's in a lot of tasting rooms. Uh, nice way to, you know, You used to have a, a whole bottle. bunch of them in the old spot, right? We that did. Our like bar was bar built, yeah, yeah, yeah. built out of them. Uh, so by hand, the bottle goes in at an angle, and then a riddler, uh, real job, goes through, and he turns the bottles about an eighth of a turn, or depending on what they need, um, and runs down the whole rack. Really cool. If you want to look on YouTube, uh, at Schramsberg where I worked, we had a Riddler. He was he worked there for I think forty three years, and he could riddle fifty thousand bottles in six and a half hours. Yeah, yeah. and he's all over YouTube. He's His name's Ramon. I mean, Busy come on, man, man. You, yeah. There's got to be some risk damage. No, so that's actually people would ask that on right? tours. <laughs> so they lock their wrists. He actually taught me how to do it, and it's very difficult. They lock their wrists, and it's just a little flick of the fingers. Um, he did end up getting injured, and it was um, due to a soccer injury. <laughs> he hurt his it's back. A it's a dangerous sport, and you got to so, be careful. <laughs> so, uh, so if you don't yeah. do it by hand, which a lot of the times the, the tete de cuvee or the highest blend that you make is still done by hand just for, you know, sexy. Marketing? Yeah, marketing, sexiness. YouTube videos. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but uh, otherwise, you can do it by machine now in what's called a gyro palette. Gyro palette. So uh, imagine all those bottles, 500 will fit in a cage. It's going to do it in about five to seven days versus seven to eight weeks by hand. Uh, so at that point, the bottle's upside down. All that dead yeast leaves is in what's called a bidule, which is just underneath the cap, which in French literally translates to thingamajiggy. So I always love that. Thingamajiggy. What was that? Thingamajiggy. Bidule. 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 I've got thingamajiggy down. Yeah. So the bottle's upside down at this point. If you turned it right side up, 
all your work would be ruined. So they keep it upside down. And nowadays we put it in what's called a neck freezer. So it runs along this um, whole line, dips the, just the top, the neck of the bottle into this food grade glycol, freezing it to about negative, I think 23 degrees. So you're forming a little ice plug at the top of the bottle of a little bit of wine. And you've trapped that yeast in the, in the top. So then when they flip the bottle right side up, that yeast can't go back in. So the next step, it goes into this special box uh, for safety. And this machine basically takes off that cap. And because of the pressure in that bottle, it's about two and a half times your car tire pressure, that pressure blows out the ice plug, just like how we popped that cork. And now you have a completely clarified bottle of wine. So you... You blew out the yeast, and you also blew out a tiny bit of wine. So to replace that wine, and this is the winemaker's last final dance to change it, if he wants to change any of the the sugar levels or the flavors, they're going to replace that tiny bit of wine with what's called a dosage. Uh, The dosage is generally a reserve wine. Maybe it's a little bit of red wine if they want to change the color of a rosé and a tiny bit of sugar. Um, that little bit of sugar is determining the style. So it's going to be most of the time a brute, which is about five to 14 uh, grams per liter. So then they, they add that dosage and now they shove in the real cork, which uh, kind of fascinating. Champagne corks are actually completely cylindrical until they get shoved into that bottle by yeah. machine, of course. And then uh, they put the cage, wash and dry the bottle slap a label on it, shake it up a little bit. And now they're going to go let it sit for anywhere so, like six more months to kind of blend together. So the last, the last dosage is theoretically sterile, right? Cause Meaning, well, I mean, are they expecting, you know, they're putting more a little more sugar, more fermentation. There's no oh, more yeast. Are they good with that? There's or? no more yeast. So it can't, right. yeah. Well, Maybe. There's yeast well, everywhere. Well, that's and <laughs> no. That's, I, I mean, that's where it goes over well, but, to you, right? But then, <laughs> then you go into the acid and and everything, and, and the alcohol, and, like, and the alcohol. Right. Right. The other thing that's fascinating is that so therefore, by definition, sparkling wine is unfiltered, or do some people filter before they make <sighs> their? Well, we're talking uh, meth, champagne method, right. champagne yeah. method, champagne Uh You could make, you can do these things artificially. Right. You could carbonate artificially. No, no, I understand that, right. but that's what I mean. So I guess I'm just realizing that those wines, Unless when the they go into the bottle... base wines are filtered. Well, that's what I'm wondering. Yeah. I wonder if the base wines are no, lightly yeah. filtered, just to clarify them. So now we're going to actually have to find a champagne maker. Yeah. Right. Where's our... Yeah. we got to find somebody. <laughs> well, I don't know. Ava, That'll Ava be the next... I think you have yeah, a contact Ava right so, here. So, yeah. And you know, what, you know what? First of all, that was an awesome... Um, Awesome description of how sparkling maids wine. Thanks. Uh, thanks. Sparkling wine it, is made. But it is. It's that's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. And that's why it's so expensive. Yeah, it really is. I mean, by on average, we had this on tours, we would tell people that the bottle that you buy in the store is generally touched at least forty times by human hands. So well, it's not that still wine making isn't a lot of work too, but it's it's an extra lot of work. So, and you know it Absolutely. is special. So, uh, Mark Harold once told me that if he was going to make sparkling wine in California, that the baseline price is like four hundred dollars a bottle to do it the way that he would want to do it with the grapes that he would want to get and the yeah exactly you know the hands on. I mean, I imagine he's talking about hand disgorgement and the whole deal. Well, uh, uh, you know, like you know, do you have do you know Michael Cruz? Uh, Over in Petaluma, ultra yeah. ultra marine. Oh yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, he, I don't yeah, think he hands his prices are, everything. Yeah, and, and his, pri- mean, his prices. That's. I mean, it's not cheap, but it's not that. 
Right. But it's also talking about grapes is you know the yeah. the base grapes and right. that I mean that's really high quality. Yeah. 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 So and then there are two other ways you can make bubbly wine. Champagne is legally not allowed to be made this way, but you can do it. In a tank. So the fermentation is happening in a tank. It's called the Charmat method. Uh, and then they transfer it into a bottle. A lot of times Proseccos are made this way. It's just a more cost-effective way to do it. And then lastly, which no none of us should be drinking, is when they take wine and then they gas it. Right. Uh, right. And that's... And put plastic and You can find that at the gas station. Lots you of sugar. Even, yeah, and, you don't yeah. even want to know about no, that no, stuff. No, no, no. no, no. no not so, at all. And you can get, you can get weird. Too. You can I, get... I think Admiral Cook would be... Would yeah. really hate that that totally. they name that one out. He would be so pissed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then there's champagne that you can get. Uh, well, it's not champagne. It's it's a petulant natural. Right. Where mm-hmm. it's basically the first half of what Jamie just described, which is uh, it has the gross. It has the lees on there still. So it's you know wine that they added sugar and and yeast back to and then capped with the beer cap or or didn't add it back. or didn't just add it, just caught it before right that before it's it's dry right, right. and then cap it and you so you, it's, you know if you find a bottle of bubbles at a wine shop but it looks like a fancy bottle of beer it still has you know the metal beer cap on top of it that's usually what that is and those you know it's a whole other experience uh you know it's in the natural wine world basically mm-hmm. um and those can be really interesting too is that something you carry at Sci? I, I haven't seen a lot of them. Uh, and the other thing is, those right. are for the wine nerds. So, okay. you know, yeah. yeah I, I and, think- and I think a lot of, I think it's it's on a, it's it's really cool. All the cool kids are doing it right mm-hmm, now. Mm-hmm. But I don't know a lot of them are actually out selling it because I think it's very unstable. Mm. You know? And mm-hmm. it's hard to make delicious. Right. I've had a few, and then you have some that are like, well, this is kind of like right. apple cider vinegar. Which, <laughs> exactly. If I wanted apple cider vinegar, I'd, <laughs> I'd just go buy, buy apple cider vinegar. 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 Yeah. Well, that's yeah. the thing. It's, that, when, whenever you say to... it's interesting. Yeah. Right, right. You know? and, and let's face it, you don't want to have to spend time explaining these things to people. Well, no, you I'd love them to, to if people be... are interested in it, but it's they're 90% of the time they're not coming in right. asking for that. Um Unless it's Sam, of course. Right, I'm going to start counting. <laughs> what, what do you got? What do you got for me, Jim? Yeah, you have an ultramarine. Yeah, you have a 100% campaign. <laughs> Ooh, Saint Laurent. And you do have a club, don't you? I don't. Uh, you we don't know. No, no side club yet. We actually. Okay. I. It's all me. I wear all the hats, and it just was too much to to do. And uh, so I have a good. We. It was a win-win. Um, we've all heard of the panel. Here in town. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah. So, Wendy Smith and Chad oh, Richards, uh, they came to me and they were like, We were thinking about starting, you know, a sparkling club. And I was like, Great. That's an awesome idea because I don't have time to manage mine. It's, and people who love bubbles love bubbles. They're crazy for bubbles. And so I said, I have like 75 people that I would love to introduce you to. And so they've started a club called Pop Culture. And it's really I did get an email about cool. This. Yeah, I did too. And Wendy and Chad have the best taste. So they are getting some really cool stuff. So if you are interested, it also makes a really good gift for Christmas. Um, they, check them out because it's, it's Pop Culture. And uh, they know and that's the just the panel, the wine panel. No, it's Remember? just it's just the panel. Yeah, it was what used to be for everybody out there the Valley Wine Shack across the street town. from Sonoma Market. Yep, yep. yep. And um, it's still a storefront, and uh, they have some real eclectic, real interesting wines in there. Oh, totally. Um, yeah. And so, do you help with the selection? Are you no, no, that's them? all. No, them. that's all that. Yeah, yeah. So I just kind of passed it off to them. And, no, that's and uh, they, wine clubs are great. 
and a lot of work. Well, they are. Yeah. And people are like, you should have a club. And so I said, okay. And then I looked into it. I'm like, oh, that's funny. Domain Kerneros has five full-time employees that do this. <laughs> I was like, it's a lot of work. So uh, God bless people who have to run wine clubs. Well, <laughs> hey, even shipping wine is a pain in the butt. Oh, I yeah. mean, seriously. Right. Uh, the laws. It, you know. Yeah, shipping, the laws, the packaging. It, it's, it's amazing. Just, and the returns. The returns. returns. The, Which know. I'm still dealing with, you know, returns from club shipments that I sent out. You know, six weeks ago. Yeah. And people are going, like, where's my wine? And yeah. they go, oh, I don't know. Oh, and oh, then I, UPS oh. is like, oh, yeah, we threw it away. And they're like, well, somebody threw should have told away. me. Oh, if, it dam- if it's damaged in transit and there's wine leaking, they just throw the package away. And they don't tell you. They don't tell you. I mean, oh, nice. you're like, how can they you, do that, Sam? I don't know. I mean, maybe I need a, a better UPS rep. Yeah. Um, um, but but if, they pay yeah. you back. Oh yeah, they, you, you well you insure the package. Yes. Uh, so you get your you get your return back, but really the expense becomes, you know, your club member in Washington D.C. is like, hey, I, this never showed up, and then you look up and you look into it. I'm dealing with it right now, and it was just you know damaged in transit. Got got thrown away, and so now I'm gonna. You gotta send the wine. I'm gonna overnight it, right? You which gotta is send the wine. You gotta pay my, for the shipping again, right? Um, yeah, I, I'm and trying to time. hunt down and my time. <laughs> yeah, all of our tables were were damaged in shipping from Canada, oh, and it God. took like oh. six more months, so we didn't have tables for like the first. <laughs> no <laughs> nightmare. You're so. kidding me. That's, yeah. But that's the reality of small businesses. You open without the tables because you yeah. got to Because yeah, right. I was closed for three months. And it was did, you, right. did you get them fixed? We did. And, and we had insurance and all that. But I was Good. also, the manufacturer was in Canada, so that wasn't <laughs> the Well, easiest. at least you got it done. We did. You Joy, should come yeah. in and Joys see Joys of small they're, business they're ownership. Yep. Oh, oh, yeah. 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 So the only thing overrated is natural childbirth, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget the owner of uh, of any of us in this room are qualified to speak on that topic, John. Uh, I think I saw it on a sign one time. <laughs> yeah, the owner of the Basque Laundry, they were business mentors of mine, and they said, "Oh, you want to you want to have your own business?" This is before I really started, and they said, "You get to pick which eighty hours a week you work." <laughs> and I was like, "I've never heard something truer." It's so true. So that'd be the Hodges, then. Yeah, Francois yeah. And, uh, Ron, Ron said that to me. That's hilarious. That's yeah. awesome. Well, Jamie. Um, how long have you been in the new place? We technically opened June 28th. I kind of made everybody laugh because everywhere I went, we were closed for three months. Unfortunately, construction is construction. So we got backed city up. City permitting and, is city permitting. Oh, yeah. And uh, everywhere I went, when are you opening? When are you opening? When are you opening? It was like the dreaded question, right? And I'm like, as soon as the plastic is off the windows, I'm open. And I had all these friends I, from Pangloss or something. They, they went to dinner at Tosca Tosca. And I was like, okay, we can do it. And actually the day, it was a Wednesday, I think it was June 28th. I was planning on opening the whole day. And the day it happened, my the shelves in the fridge, which was stocked with champagne, um, broke, gave way. No. So there, no. We're, we are holding, uh, my employee was holding the glass and we're like reaching in and trying to get all the bottles. You can imagine there was just like, I mean, easily a hundred bottles just up against the glass. And I'm like, well, it doesn't look like we're opening right now, does it? So we opened for like a few hours that night. So I've been telling oh, people God. July. But um, we really only lost, we lost one bottle in that nightmare. That's amazing. Bottle yeah. of Bollinger. Like, oh, That's perfect. <laughs> so are you finding that people are stocking up for Christmas and the holidays? And yeah, we did a little, um, we did a little four pack deal. I just, you know, I like to get more bubbles out there and trust me, 
bring a bottle where you're going to the chef. She's going to be happy. Yeah. Um, Nobody's they, sad. They, he, Nobody he, is went. sad when you walk in the door with a bottle of bubbles. That's true. Nobody is going to be like, oh, well, yeah, that's not uh, my favorite producer. And I'm yeah. not a big fan of that vintage. Right. No, right. nobody says that. So we did a little four pack um, starting at Thanksgiving. And I'm just going to keep running it through. And it's it's four bottles uh, for 95. So it's out the door. And there's three really gorgeous cremants. We'll and see you later this afternoon. <laughs> Well, how does everybody get in touch with you? You can reach out on social media or you can call us or visit our website or just pop in. Uh, we're open every day at noon. And the nice thing about this location, since we're on the main drag and we have a little more traffic, um, we're open later. So we're 930 on the weeknights and 1030 on Fridays and Saturdays. Excellent. Yeah. So um, it's Jamie at SciSonoma.com. That is my and personal it's J-A-Y. M-E, mm-hmm. Jamie Flowers, and uh, then it's uh, hashtag Sai Sonoma. Yep, and so, SciSonoma.com. Th- uh, there you go. That's perfect. Yeah. And so you're going to enjoy that location. I'm excited. We're hoping to stay I for mean, a while. <laughs> seriously, years from now, you are going to look back and you're going to think all of those things you went through yeah. are all worth it. Yes. You know, it just it just made it that much. And someone better. will be coming to you th- saying, I'm gonna open up my own business. And I'll mm. tell them you get to pick which, which eighty Amy. hours. <laughs> I, I'm surprised you got to pick. I don't know if I got to pick. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't. It's 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 rewarding and you also wake up at three in the morning and you're like, Paper towels, I need paper towels. <laughs> you know, the dumbest stuff. But right now we're in the middle, we're rolling out cheese plates and caviar on Friday. Ooh. Yeah. So that's so my, wow. my Friday too. Yeah. yeah. Got to come in on Friday. Wow. We're doing tastings on the 29th. We have the caviar reps coming in. So we we do a lot of free caviar. Is it the, the local caviar? The What is that called? We're the, using Zar Nikolai. Zar Nikolai. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're out of Sacramento. Mm-hmm. And it's fantastic. And I didn't know when, when we started researching it. I really knew nothing about caviar. And I asked him, I said, you know, you got to talk to me like I'm too. Pretend I know nothing about caviar. It's fascinating. It's just like wine and the colors and the textures. Yeah. And it's really interesting. And at first, you in your mind, you like a little grossed out. And then you try it. And it's like eating foie gras. And you're like, oh, it's butter in my mouth. I'm right. eating butter. It's salty so, butter. Oh, salty butter. very, very good. So. Yeah. Uh, well, I think we should talk about that a little bit. We're, it's about to be... Christmas, about to be New Year's. We're in the middle of Hanukkah for uh, all my members of the tribe out there. Yep. Hugs, <laughs> man. Um, champagne isn't as much of a Hanukkah drink, although it no. clearly should be. Um, let's talk about you know, some advice from Jamie on you know what bubbles to be drinking on New on Christmas, New Year's, all the way in between, and you know some sh- some caviar maybe thrown in there too because magnums, magnums. magnums. <laughs> Uh, That's the best gosh. advice we've ever had right. anybody offer on the wine I like makers. It. I like Just it. The bigger the bottle, the bigger the, bigger the, the bigger the party. There you go. <laughs> we started a little reserve list lately, and and because I had a lot of locals, and they're like, "Hey, do you have anything not on the list?" And so we started a reserve list, and it's it's great because you know we'll get an eight top or you know a ten top walk in, and we're like, "How about a Magnum of Paul Roger?" And they're like, "Yeah, it's fun." I mean, that's two bottles. It's not. That's the biggest that's thing not, is we couldn't a, possibly. I'm like, you just did. <laughs> right. We can't drink two right. bottles yeah. of it. Yeah. Can we get another one? Yeah. Yeah. Can we have another one? Uh, there's such a range. I, the majority of what I carry is, is a brute style, so it's going to be dry. Um, rosé, it's go great with, with uh, you know, salmons and it, turkey for Thanksgiving and um, depending. I think it's kind of fun how, what, what, like, what do you guys all have for Christmas Eve and Christmas dinner? 
uh, there's a lot of crab. Mm-hmm. The, the Italian side comes in with a lot of crab, some duck. Yep. Uh, there you go. Some basketball. Duck, crab, basketball, and bubbles. Nice. Yeah. Cra- uh, Christmas Eve, we're usually um, beef or uh, or pork, and um, but there's always bubbly early on with you know the world famous crab dip, um, mm. family crab dip, and world famous crab dip. Yeah, go on, family crab dip. Oh, I'll, I'll have to. Right. You don't have the recipe yet? No. He apparently. didn't share it with you? No. Oh, thank you, Bart. I it's on the Italian. It's, from the, sick of the it's from the Italian trip. side of the Hansons. Okay. Um, so. <laughs> oh, sounds good. <laughs> the Hansonies. So how about you, John? You should buy you should buy as much is what you're saying. <laughs> no, I so there's you know, a variety of things. So there's different styles. Like what we're drinking right now is is a blonde noir, which uh, blank de noirs. <laughs> so all that means in French is white from black. So you're getting white juice from a black skinned grape. So it's predominantly Pinot Noir. Uh, in Champagne, there are laws that they have to that they have to follow. So in a blonde noir, true Champagne, it would have to be 100% black grape or purple grape, which is Pinot Noir or Pinot Meunier. If you have a blonde blanc, white from white, it's got to be 100% white grape, i.e. Chardonnay. Here in California, we don't have laws. So, for instance, Schomburg, you know, their their blonde noir is 91% Pinot Noir, 9% Chardonnay. That would make a French person's head explode, <laughs> but we don't care. That's just, uh, right. it's just what we do. The winemaker thought it needed that 9% Chardonnay. Uh, so traditionally, if it's a Pinot driven sparkling wine or champagne it would go great with duck it would go great with beef and that's the beauty and maybe something a little aged so you've got some vintage you know like a little bit of yeast and toastiness because it's a fuller wine it's a bigger grape whereas the chardonnay uh, a blonde blanc is going to be great with seafoods and and those you know an aperitif um any any kind of uh, cream or fat because it's that acid and brightness it's going to cut through Age, yeah. Aged bubblies, you know. There's nothing really like it. In the, yeah, like and it. so rarely have I been able to have it. Now, uh, you <laughs> mentioned Cremant earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, for those out there who don't know what that is, can you just briefly explain the, the difference? The easiest between, way to say it, yeah. French sparkling wine. Right. That's just, not from Champagne. That's not from Champagne. from the Champagne right. region. So and, the Champagne region is can be teeny, absolutely tiny. delicious. Oh, it can be absolutely delicious and you are paying about you know a bit, ranges of course but a third of the price that you would for a champagne yeah. so think of like a leather bag versus a louis vuitton uh, so they make gorgeous bubbly all over france but unless it's from that tiny little region you can't call it champagne and the nice thing about cremants too is they get to play with other grapes champagne you can only use certain grapes so you're getting you know bubbly from burgundy uh which are mostly chardonnay pinot noir but there's there's alsace there's lemoux and they have all kinds of crazy french grapes so um really good values on on cremants um and can be delightful and you're not breaking the bank and let's face it i mean champagne is awesome um the reason they made champagne and champagne is it's too cold there to they couldn't make they couldn't make still wine right. and they couldn't get it ripe enough, you know, yeah. just because it was an accident actually. Was it go? I, I don't know that it was. Well, it's, it was Dom Perignon perfected it, but he right. didn't. He didn't actually. It was an accidental secondary fermentation well, the in the bottle. Would make, yeah, the monks yeah. would make you know the wine for the the church, and it's so cold; it's the most coldest nor- region. It's the you know, farthest in, north in region, right, right. And so they were making it, and uh, over the winter, the natural fermentation that was happening in the cask basically froze it just paused and then in the spring it started back up and it had this little effervescence to it and they didn't understand why 
and they called, they actually called it the devil's wine. Um, and it would same in bottles. It would be down in these cellars. And back then the bottles were hand blown. So much thinner, not as strong as what we have today. So one would, one would blow, it would ignite, it would domino effect. So a, you know, a winemaker would come to a cellar and everything was gone and Be broken gone. and they didn't know why. So they called it the devil's wine. So, huh. yeah. We had a recipe. That's mm-hmm. really good. Well, you know, there's that video that went around uh, of Harvest. I think Bart was the first person that I saw share it. Somebody in town who they were at a barrel of like a, a stainless barrel of a rosé. That was in fermentation. Somehow, somebody like left the cap on it. I don't know. If, did you see this video? Mm-hmm. Oh my God, we should pull it up. Uh, and... We'll repost it yeah, on the, yeah, the yeah, winemaker stuff too oh, uh, on Friday when this runs. Um, and the bottle, I mean, this barrel, it didn't break, but it was like bursting at the seams. It was, it was a stainless steel barrel. And so it was really, it was a bomb. And wow. and they released the cap. Somehow, I mean, there's a guy's like there with like a stick. Stick standing away. Yeah, and that's it, dangerous. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and it geysered. Forty feet in the air for a while. Yeah, wow. it's it was an it's an amazing video, and it's yeah. we'll, and this we'll, we'll is have to the see Mentos that. and Diet Coke. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Totally, it was, it was Mentos and Diet Coke, except for it was just yes. rose, gl- rose, and you know, sugar and yeast and carbon di- and you know, CO two. Wow. Um, so you know the 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 science that goes into rose it goes into champagne happens in all wine, right? It's just a matter of. Uh, how you how you it. how you deal with it and and yeah. they figured it out with thick bottles and well cold at Schomburg, you know you'd give the tours in the caves and after bottling which was always in the spring they would cover each of the new stacks with tarps and occasionally you'd be given a tour and you'd hear one pop you'd hear one blow and uh, luckily since the bottles are stronger nowadays it right. doesn't domino effect but then you you go through and you'd see a little piece of PVC pipe shoved in that stack well they replaced <laughs> the broken bottle because they Bottles pop all the time from the right. pressure. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. We should talk about the Schramsberg history a little bit because it's, you know, uh, as far as making California sparkling, it's it's pretty seminal. So, and I, I didn't realize that you had as much history there. So, will you put that hat back on oh, and, and do a little like guide. quick history of, of Schramsberg in California? Yeah. Well, my, my heart lies there. It's just uh, I, I got to be part of that team and, and I'm still proud to call them my friends. And, it's just a gorgeous winery and, and a wonderful product. Uh, they basically, it was, it was, it's the second oldest winery in Napa Valley. So 1862, Jacob Schramm came over from Germany, starts making still wine, uh, about 250, I think it's 250 acres up on Diamond Mountain. Um, Schramm, last name, Berg Mountain in German, so Schrammsberg. So he named it, He's, he was making still wines, passed away, left it to his son, his son sold it off. Then we had this little nightmare called Prohibition. Uh, so they, were, they weren't allowed to make it. And then it was basically used as a vacation home for several years. And then uh, the current owner's family, uh, Jack and Jamie Davies, came up and, and purchased the property, which was kind of in ruins. And they had three boys. Uh, and do you know what year that was? 1965. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that was a very good year. <laughs> a very good year. And so they, they bought a lot of fruit from Mandavi in the beginning. Um, Krug was off, Charles Krug across the way and um started making they jack and jamie loved champagne and and back in the 60s i don't i don't know all the names but i don't think there was a lot of quality sparkling wine coming from no, california i'm sure not. there wasn't yeah. so uh jack went over learned the method in, in france and and jamie cleaned up the property and then they they started tromsberg in, in 1965 uh jack and jamie have passed since but their youngest son hugh davies still is right. a winemaker and, cool. and runs the show um, so they were kind of one of the pioneers of making quality sparkling wine, yeah. and uh, they really gained fame because uh, it got in at the White House with Nixon. 
And it was the 1972. It was the first time they ever poured an American sparkling wine at a presidential toast. Uh, it was the toast of peace in Beijing. And before that, it was always champagne because California sparkling wasn't that it was great. was terrible. Yeah. So the, it, it was a very famous moment. Uh, Barbara Walters on the Today Show. And then they were sold out and quite famous. So it's... it's and a spectacular piece of property. It is. It's gorgeous. Yeah. It's, it's really a lot of fun. So. And it really is... As far as I'm concerned, you know, there's a few great producers and Gloria is on that list and you could add a couple others. But as far as as close to truly capturing, you know, the essence of French champagne, I don't know anybody who does it better in California than Schramsberg. I mean, yeah. Well, and a lot of the sparkling wineries here are owned by champagne. Right. Houses. So right. that's Well, that's what like, happened sort of post Schramsberg's prominence. Right? Yeah. A lot, a lot of the sparkling wineries really launched in the early 80s or in the 80s um, because, I, as I like to say, the, the French realized, oh, hey, look at that little region over there. They're not Absolutely. too shabby well, at growing, yeah. growing yeah. grapes and making right. wine. Right. So. Here I am, Tatanger, or we say Tatanger, and we're going to come over and start this beautiful winery called yeah. Domaine Carneros. Uh, and really, there's there's really less than 15 or maybe 20 um, big producers. So, of course, a lot of winemakers will try their hand and, hey, make a little sparkling wine. And, you know, we have this great place called Rack and Riddle where anyone can make a sparkling wine if they want, uh, put your own label on it. But the, the equipment itself is quite expensive. So, And that's how Rack and Riddle has changed the the small champagne market right you know because they they are a for you guys out there it's a custom crush facility for people making sparkling wine right so they because they've already invested in you know all the still equipment. wine yep. all the equipment and the equipment is half of it so and, and the techniques let's face it yeah. it's 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 you know winemakers aren't great grape growers immediately and uh winemakers aren't great uh sparkling makers immediately you know it well, takes and years and passion years projects dedication. and then you could say it could turn out yeah. like apple cider vinegar yeah. <laughs> you're like no <laughs> so. well jamie thank you so much oh, for coming welcome. on um, a pleasure to meet your dad also <laughs> Mr. Yeah. Ortho- orthodontist and Dr. And Dr. Powers is straightening me out, and then Jamie gets you all crooked again. That's how yeah, it works. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So I see another t shirt. Exactly. Now, how does everybody get in touch with you again? Uh, you can go to our website, uh, which is sysonoma.com, or you can call our number, which is 707 996 which is 2444. <laughs> I like that. That's all my sister well, thought about. Hey, thank you for being oh, such a great so guest. Much. And and um, this is running uh, this Friday, so and I think we're going to run it uh, uh, the fr- Friday a couple after. Weeks. In a I couple mean, we weeks. are in, New Year's Eve. We're, we're in champagne season, man. Yeah, we, we are. are. Champagne so, season. And we are open, by the way. We're closed on Christmas Day. We'll be there on Christmas Eve, New Year's Eve, we have a big Excellent. party. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll be there sometime between now and then. Yeah, and New Year's Day is when we, we all recover. Like, with some magnum of Paul Roger sounds <laughs> like <laughs> my New Year's party might need something like now that. Now that I know there's another list. I know, that's right? not a yeah. list. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Well, hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to the winemakers. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you so much, guys. Bart, we will see you next week. Yep. Jamie, thank you so much. And uh, Dr. Powers, pleasure to meet you. And Sam. Thanks, John. All right. Enjoy. Thanks for listening, everybody.